Searching for last-minute gifts? Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC and save 20% on select 750-milliliter bottles. That's 20% off gifts for the hard to shop for. 20% off gifts guaranteed to fit. 20% off gifts to celebrate the season. And 20% off a little gift for yourself. Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC. In stores and online now through December 21st. Please sip responsibly. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military and the other 99% of us we owe them online at americanveteranshow.com here's Stephen Tubbs welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show thank you so much for your time and hope your weekend is going great do us a favor if you enjoy the programming you hear every Sunday at noon would you tell a friend we've got a new and improved website americanveteranshow.com and All of our past episodes to this point are up there and ready for you to listen to just a few clicks away. Again, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Couldn't do this program without our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson and his team here locally. Attorney John Boson at BosonLaw.com, B-O-E-S-E-N-Law.com, BosonLaw.com, their number 303-999-9999, fighting on behalf of veterans like perhaps you every single day. Got a great show for you coming up. Of course, we're not too far away from Veterans Day 2021. And ahead, we take you inside a program on PBS that is currently airing. And you can find past episodes of this show on PBS on YouTube, as well as probably your local PBS website. Uh, But it's called American Veteran. And we feel that it kind of fits here on the American Veteran Show. So coming up, we'll start off with what a dog means to one veteran. Later on in the program, one veteran coping with his stress and his perhaps past demons via rap music. And we also take a look at a Native American who served. And again, it's part of the PBS American Veteran series that is currently running Right now, later in the program, we'll get into just a little bit with one of my favorite military correspondents, CBS's David Martin. He talks about maybe something you've had come up over your social media feeds or even in discussion. The Chinese hypersonic missile. Uh, Let's just hope somewhere behind the scenes we're doing exactly what they are doing. But we'll check in with David Martin from the Pentagon coming up a bit later in the program. Let's start off now as we continue with part one from American Veteran, the series on PBS. She's 100% become part of the family. Although it took a few months, it's nice to see how she's finally grown into her own here. And she recognizes that this is home and no longer just a pit stop in a journey that she doesn't know that she's on. Hi, I'm Shane Brendan. As a veteran, I understand how objects we brought back from service can be so meaningful. They can remind us why we served 
and what we did, or help us transition back to civilian life. Today I talk with a veteran whose object isn't so much a thing as it is, well, a special friend. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, where you're from, and uh, how you ended up in the service. My name's Amjad Kirish, um, AJ for short. I've been in the Air Force now for ten and a half years. I'm attached to Army combat units, and I coordinate direct airstrikes for them. Most recently, I was deployed in Syria in Operation Inherent Resolve. Deployment is hard on anyone. So what was your mindset in the early days of getting in and just trying to get acquainted to uh, just being in Syria? The biggest stresses for me was the responsibility I had of controlling multi-million dollar aircrafts, employing thousands of pounds of bombs, all while ensuring that no civilian casualties, no collateral damage, and no friendly forces were negatively impacted by it. And having all that responsibility coupled with just the crappiness that comes with a deployed environment Little things that we take for granted, like running water, showering, and toilet facilities that are decent. And I'm sure you experience it downrange where the shower curtain like touches your leg and you freak out. Yeah, you now have to wash yourself in acid because the shower curtain just touched your leg. How'd you meet Harley? How'd, how'd, how'd Harley come into your life? Once I got on the camp... Uh, the team had actually already rescued Harley. They were out on patrol. Uh, they ended up finding her at one of the Bedouin camps, and she was just the last puppy of her litter. Things weren't looking too good for her to actually survive. So they brought her onto the camp. It was nice to see her when I first got there because all you have is two-month-old puppy full of energy just running around. All she wanted to do was say hi to everyone. I just started getting closer and closer to her. That attachment happens all the time. And I think a lot of times is because of the environment. It's usually high stress. You end up seeing what people are willing to do to each other. You do become callous. Having Harley kind of alleviated that. Seeing something so innocent, this pup that just wants to play, she just wants to... You give her a treat and she's now your best friend. I actually went with her out of Syria into Jordan. And this was all during COVID. So Jordan had completely shut down all their airports. So the Al-Mal Foundation kept her in the sanctuary for two months. Oh, wow. Now, how was, how was that for you? Did you start to feel a little uh, anxious or maybe uh, just second guessing of whether or not you would actually be able to you know, get her stateside? The biggest issue is actually when she arrived in New York. The CDC had denied her entry, stating that there was a clerical error in her vaccinations and her paperwork. And the CDC wanted her to be sent back to the Middle East right away. Just the what-ifs started flowing through my head, and it was not a good feeling. The organization Pause of War reached out to the media, and we started doing this media campaign, and the outpouring of support was amazing. Every major news organization got involved. Tonight, a plea from a veteran who rescued a puppy from overseas, Harley. And started putting the story out there. 
of how this veteran who saved this puppy was being denied. When I did finally see her, it was uh, nerve-wracking at first, thinking, I hope she uh, recognizes me. Yeah. Opened the door, and she was a little cautious at first, but immediately after, she uh, recognized me. And it was such a joy to see her, for her to recognize me. And then I took her to the back, and her favorite game is just to play chase. So just grab something through it, and she ran around. I chased her, and it was like we didn't skip a beat. It was kind of a, a sigh of relief to feel like, okay, it's done. She's she's home now. What's up, little lady? Oh, wow. She's big. How, 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 yeah. much, how, how old is she now? She is a little over a year. The deployment will still be the deployment. Coming home will always still be coming home. But I can't imagine what it would have been like had Harley stayed. I would have always had that what if or where is she at? Is she okay? Is she still alive? And so Harley coming home, it felt like the deployment was finally over and closed. And it was a happy ending as opposed to a what if ending not knowing what would have happened Harley would have just crushed me so having her home it was perfect I can't imagine a life without her that from the PBS series American Veteran we've got two more segments throughout our program again it is airing on PBS through Veterans Day week we will take our first time out and when we come back we'll continue taking a look at that PBS series as one United States veteran has turned to music. And that is something to hear. Not exactly the music you may be expecting, so stay tuned for that. And we'll also have an update from within the last couple of weeks, the final report on the USS Bonham Richard, that fire that destroyed that Navy ship in San Diego. Glad you're with us. Much more ahead on the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. To the American Veteran Show. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Glad you're with us on this Sunday. Thank you so much for your time coming up as we continue taking a look at really solid work from PBS and its American Veteran series. We'll have how rap music has helped one veteran cope with the aftermath of his service, and we'll talk about that straight ahead. We would be remiss on this program if we did not at least mention the quite long and lengthy Navy report, more than 400 pages, that concluded there were sweeping failures by commanders and crew and many others that fueled that fire on board the USS Bonhomme Richard. It was in July 2020. It was an arson fire. Well, the report says the massive five-day blaze in San Diego Harbor was both preventable and, according to the Navy, unacceptable. One sailor, as you may recall, has been charged with setting that fire. Three dozen officers and sailors whose failings led either directly to the ship's loss or contributed to it are named. The findings detailed a whole bunch of lapses in training, 
coordination, communication, fire preparedness, and fire suppression systems, overall command and control problems. Again, from that fire in July 2020, of course, the Bonhomme Richard completely ruined. As we continue, let's pick up now part two of the series on PBS called American Veterans. And my doctor said, you do music. Why don't you do music about it? And then when I did, I wasn't alone. There was other warfighters just like me going through the same thing. And I said, this is what I got to do. This is my mission. Hi, I'm Shane Brendan. As a veteran, I understand how objects we brought back from service can be so meaningful. They can remind us why we served and what we did. Or help us transition back to civilian life. Today I talk with a veteran whose object helps him support and connect with other veterans through music. I'm Jeff Verlero, also known as Soldier Hard. I did 10 years in the United States Army and I was a sergeant. What was it that made you want to enlist in the military in the first place? Oh man, if, if, if you knew me as a 12 year old boy and you asked me what I wanted to do, I would have told you straight up, I'm, I'm gonna be a soldier in the United States Army. I was that kid wearing camouflage, you know what I mean? So I already knew, I already knew what I was going to do. And then when I got out of high school, that's, that's exactly what I did. So what was it like in the early days, you know, uh, you know, after boot camp? During that time, they were short. They had a shortage of uh, 19 kilo, which is an armored crewman on an M1A2 main battle tank. I was like, man, you guys are going to pay me to do that? Yeah, let's do it. It was a dream come true. I loved it. I did three years at Fort Hood, Texas, and then I, and I got out. After uh, 9-11, I was determined to get back in. I told myself, no matter what they tell me to do, I'm going to do it. And I kept that mentality, I kept that in my head, and I excelled. Deployment came up. It wasn't even my unit. They said, this unit is going to Iraq, and they need volunteers. I'm going. Send me. So within six months of my enlistment, guess where I was? Baghdad, Iraq. I saved a lot of soldiers' lives out there, man. Um, we did convoy security. The job was to protect the convoy, get them from point A to point B. Any enemy contact, we respond to it. You know what I mean? We're the first ones to respond to it. And being gun one, I was the first one to see everything. I spotted so many IEDs. What did you take with you on your deployment? Oh, my recording equipment, my microphone. You know, my doctor, I call it my doctor, you know what I mean? That's my therapist right there. A lot of uh, warfighters, they go to the gym, pump pump weights. Mine was, I didn't even go, I didn't pump one weight. <laughs> <laughs> I was recording music. That was my off time, man. There'd be times when I'm recording, I get so, so deep into the music, and I'm so focused on getting the words right, the, the metaphors right, the punchline right, and, and just the, the, the feeling of creating music. I would stop and like, oh my God, I'm in Iraq. I forgot I was in Iraq. So even if we, we have a bad mission, I would go back and I would make music about it. You know what I mean? And it, and it, it made me feel good, man. It made me feel good. What was your transition like, you know, coming back to civilian life? That's actually the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life, to be honest with you, man. 
I was self-isolating. I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know I was self-isolating. I hated being around people. Because I used to think, like, there's other veterans that are worse than me. I'm good. I'm good. I don't want them spending their money on me. It wasn't until, like, I... Ugh. I would yell at my kids for no reason. You know what I mean? It, and it hurt me to hurt them. And then I said, I'm going to get help. What'd you do when you realized that? I went to the VA. My VA doctor said, you do, you do music, so make a song about it. And I, and I did. You know what I mean? And I never, ever looked at it as being soft or, or being weak. I looked at it as, as being soldier hard. You know what I mean? Saying that you got a problem. A real person's going to tell you, I have a problem. You know what I mean? A, a weak person is going to tell you that they're okay when they are really not, that they do have a problem. That's how I think of it. So you revisit the thing that gave you that, that gave you therapy while you were in the dirt and that, that, that gave you some relief, some resolve. So I did a song called Road to Recovery and I released it and then it went crazy, man. It went crazy because a lot of people who were like me who were, could relate to a lot of warfighters just like me going through what I'm going through really felt it. And they were on the Road to Recovery too. It just really told me, like, you know what I mean? There's people like me who need help. That was, yeah, this became my mission, man. Do you feel like helping these vets through your music is almost like an extension of your military service? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's still, it's still a form of servant. Just because I got out, just because I don't wear the uniform no more, just because I don't have tanker boots on no more, I'm still serving. Why, after all these years, that old mic that don't work no more, what was it that made you want to keep that? It reminds me, like, I'm still here. This thing helped me still be here. This little broken $100 microphone helped me. It has some sentimental value to it to me. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, I keep it. I keep it. I want to help everybody. Yeah, I don't care if you're a veteran. I want to help you. And I'm going to make a song about it. If my music can help you, which tons do... That makes me feel good. That is a solid story and a solid U.S. Army veteran. Kudos to him, as always, to any of you veterans who will speak about your past. It's so important. That from American Veteran, a series that's on PBS television right now. It runs through around Veterans Day week, so... Catch it on YouTube or catch it at your local PBS affiliate, but uh, certainly good stuff. Coming up, we'll have one more segment from American Veteran talking about a Native American who served this great country. Yes, it's trick-or-treat day. Please don't get, get tricked. Just give good treats. So happy Halloween to everyone. And as we get closer to Veterans Day, we're going to give you a list, at least a partial list right now, and maybe a little bit more toward the end of the program today. But just don't forget, if you have served this great country and you have a military ID, get your discounts, get your free piece of pie, get your free meal. So in no particular order, because we don't know where perhaps you're listening from, uh, get deals at Angry Crab Shack, Aussie Grill, Bad Daddy's Burger Bar, Barbecue at Home by Dickie's Barbecue, hey, Baskin Robbins, Bob Evans, Chili's, 
Chicken Salad Chick, Chuck E. Cheese, hey, California Pizza Kitchen, and Cracker Barrel, Denny's. Just some of the businesses nationwide that are offering discounts coming up this Veterans Day. We'll continue coming up on the American Veterans Show. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday. We are glad you're with us. AmericanVeteransShow.com. They sent me far away. They trained me to kill, to fight and form place. I served hard, didn't complain, yeah, did my job. Now I'm back home, life now is hella hard. Combat veteran, they sent me far away. They trained me to kill, to fight and form place. I serve hard, didn't complain, yeah, did my job. Now I'm back home, life now is hella hard. American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stephan Tubbs. Welcome back. Glad you are with us. Segment three begins now on the American Veteran Show, and I don't want to forget again to wish you a happy and safe Halloween. Please don't get tricked on. Give good treats today, even if you know you're just one of our regular listeners. I'm not specifically targeting you, veterans. I think somebody should give you some candy. But as we continue, we've been focusing this show on a series on PBS, and it's called American Veterans, so go figure. It's perfect for our program, but uh, it is airing. It's a series of kind of vignettes, and we've played a couple for you. We'll play one more straight ahead. But you can find out more. uh, Just type in American Veteran in your YouTube search bar or go to PBS.org and find your local station. But it runs this series through Veterans Day week, and It is a pleasure to uh, especially have our relationship with Colorado Public Television on this program to bring this to you. Uh, A bit later on in the program, in fact, I think we could squeeze it in this segment, uh, CBS correspondent at the Pentagon is David Martin. We'll talk about the hypersonic missiles that China is testing right now. But first, he's a Native American who proudly served. Being a Native American, it's important to be one of the first guys to do anything. So when I found out that there was a war going on and we were going to be the first guys in there, to me that was really important. Hi, I'm Shane Brendan. As a vet, I understand how certain objects can be meaningful. An object can remind us of why we served, what we did, or help transition us back into civilian life. Today I talked to a veteran whose objects served as a constant reminder of his heritage and ancestors and the valuable lessons they taught him. My name is Harvey Philip Pratt. Uh, I served in the uh, United States Marine Corps uh, three years, and uh, I got out as a Lance Corporal. I am a Native American. I'm a Cheyenne, Arapaho, and Sioux. And I'm a 16th French and a 16th English. Why did you enlist in the military? What motivated you? What inspired you to want to sign up? I had an uncle that was always kind of my hero. He's a Marine Corps guy, and I had been going to college for a little while, and I was having a hard time, and I just thought, i got to get out of here, you know? So I went down to the recruiters and joined the Marine Corps. I never even heard of Vietnam. When I came home, I told my mother. I said, Mom, I just joined the Marine Corps, and I'm leaving in three days. Before you shipped out, did you feel prepared to go to Vietnam? I thought we were really well-trained. I felt uh, invincible. I tell you, when we'd be somewhere, going somewhere in the jungle, even in training, 
Let the Indian do it. Indians are good at that. So when they would depend on me like that, I felt like I had to perform. That's the role of a warrior is to take care of the people that are around you. Pebble is actually one of the things you took with you uh, when you deployed, correct? The pebble that my grandfather gave me was kind of like a little river rock, a little smooth stone. And I carried that. My grandfather, he said, you need to learn to go without water. And this little pebble, put it in your mouth and you'll make your own water. That was just something that was like a little good luck charm for me. You know, I had it everywhere. With the pebble, when you, when you were deployed with your, with your platoon, did you, show, did you try to show the other guys the trick? You know, I never did. A lot of things that I did, uh, they didn't understand, and they might make fun of, of, of what I was doing, you know. I didn't share a lot of that with them, but I shared my water. I think that just comes pretty natural with guys that are in combat together, you know. Guys say, well, you're fighting for your country. Well, you might be fighting for your country, but you're really fighting for the guy right next to you. And so I think that I, without thinking about it too hard, I watched out for guys. I had that camaraderie in the military, and when I got out, I got it again almost within six months with the police. And then over the years, I became a detective. I was with another group of people that had a, had a common goal. An elder has done something that people recognize as an exceptional person or somebody that takes care of things. They have a job to do, and they do it. Do you feel like there's any similarities between the responsibilities of being an elder and also a veteran? Oh, I, I think they're the same to me. You have obligations, and you have a chief. You have to be the best you can be. You have a duty to be the best veteran that you can be. I love being involved with, with these veterans, you know, and helping, helping them. We have our own memorial for veterans out at our complex. We have our own American Legion post. They come from all over the state. We have that camaraderie among Native American veterans. They get that same kind of companionship and, and feeling that everybody, you know, that have that same attitude. It's important to have some kind of a connection and bonding with, with people. Talk to me a little bit about why you've kept the objects in all these years and what do they still mean to you? I started visiting with guys that I served in Vietnam with and we would talk about things. Somebody might ask, you still have your P-38, you know, which is a can opener. Uh, uh, or, you know, and, and I say, yeah. And I said, oh, you're lighter. And so, you know, and I say, yeah, I got all that. And I had that pebble. Those things became important to me. A lot of times when I go to these veteran meetings, I'll wear my dog tags. It's a badge of honor to me. Again, as we continue the American Veterans Show, we've been playing you three segments this uh, Sunday from PBS and its documentary series called American Veteran. You can find out more PBS.org or simply on YouTube. Many of these stories are posted right now. Just type in PBS American Veteran in the search bar on YouTube. As we continue this Sunday, happy Halloween to you. More from the Pentagon. The president told reporters he plans to discuss with Putin ways to substantially reduce the number of nuclear weapons the U.S. and Russia have stockpiled. But David Martin reports this comes as both nations are racing to develop an entirely new kind of weapon. When Vladimir Putin showed off what he said was a hypersonic cruise missile, he gave the world a brief glimpse of a secret arms race. 
It pits the U.S. against Russia and China in a contest to build weapons that can fly 10,000 miles per hour, more than 10 times the speed of sound. That's just many, many times faster than any aircraft has ever flown. It is, and it's uh, quite an advantage. If anybody could ever do that... John Wilcox is a vice president at Northrop Grumman, which flew the first hypersonic aircraft back in 2004. Launch. Launch. It only flew for about 10 seconds. But Northrop Grumman is now conducting tests as part of the Pentagon's top-secret efforts to develop hypersonic weapons that can fly longer and farther. This is the hypersonic pulse facility for aerodynamic testing of hypersonic vehicles. He took us into a test chamber on condition we would not reveal its location. It is a giant air gun which fires bursts of gas at incredible speeds and pressure to simulate the conditions of hypersonic flight. The gases come down the air gun and hit right back here at the plate. It's a pretty hefty piece of steel. It is. It is very hefty. Look how the gases burst through the steel plate. That plus temperatures of 2,000 degrees are what a hypersonic aircraft would have to survive. If we have a test article that we're trying to emulate in the conditions of the hypersonic flight, it'll be in here. So there's something in there now. There is, and it's, it's shrouded right now just for security purposes. In other words, you don't want us to see what it looks like. Nope. Someday you may. Wilcox estimates a working hypersonic weapon is still five to ten years away. This test took place five years ago. Since then, the Pentagon has classified all its work on hypersonic weapons. The Pentagon has declared hypersonics its number one technical priority. But the official in charge of the program recently acknowledged the U.S. is playing catch-up with both Russia and China. China, Russia, and hypersonic missiles. May the U.S. continue its pursuit as well. Hey, it may sound simple, but if they're doing it, we should be doing it as well. We're heading toward our final segment on the American Veteran Show. Coming up, one more tribute to our most frequent guest here on the American Veteran Show, my dear friend and now the late Michelle Mallon the co-founder of the Honor Bell Foundation, more at honorbell.org. But wanted to just, as we head toward the public memorial coming up uh, this weekend straight ahead, want to pay one more bit of respect to Michelle. And more deals just ahead of Veterans Day for you to possibly take advantage of. We'll have more coming up. Stefan Tubbs with you. Sunday, happy Halloween. AmericanVeteranShow.com. as we slowly but surely wrap up this hour of programming for the Halloween 2021 edition of the American Veteran Show. I mentioned it at the top and probably don't say it enough. Hey, check us out, AmericanVeteranShow.com. New and improved website, and you can certainly hear if you've missed a past episode or you just didn't quite get to hear a full episode, well, they're all online right there for you via podcast at AmericanVeteranShow.com. I'm going to do something kind of out of the box, and I hope you will certainly understand. Last Sunday, we told you that we lost a dear friend to the program, and she was our most frequent guest over nearly five full seasons. Michelle Mallon, 
was the executive director for so many years of the Honor Bell Foundation. She was also a co-founder. And coming up this week is a memorial for Michelle. And just because she meant so much to so many in the military community and what that Honor Bell, when it told those seven distinct sounds at ceremonies from Colorado Springs to Fort Logan. We would be remiss if we did not pay one last tribute to Michelle. So with forgiveness, some of you may have heard this last week. Thank you very much. I'm waiting on my American Veteran Show Stefan Tubbs Show t-shirt any day now, but I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me back. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, still in the planning stages. Um, uh-huh. How has it been, friend? Uh, I know we get into it a little more this weekend, but um, yeah. th- this is not easy for, for nonprofits of any type. It's not. And for us, it's not easy for a few reasons. Um, as you know, and as many of your listeners know, they are good supporters. Our mission is kind of unique, uh, even in the veteran support community. And we, for those who don't know, toll a 1,000-pound custom-cast bronze bell in lieu of or augmentation to traditional military honors at funerals, um, primarily at Fort Logan National Cemetery. The honor bell has not tolled since March 13th. Wow. That was the last day a traditional service uh, was held. Uh, burials and internments are still happening, but there are no shelter-based memorial services, no honors being rendered other than the handing of a flag, sadly, through a car window. Um, Wait a so minute. Of- Wait a minute. <laughs> Say that one more time. Because of national guidelines, state guidelines, um, the National Cemetery Administration is following all the protocols for public health and safety, and we certainly support their decisions. Uh, March 13th was the last day across the National Cemetery Administration yeah. that full uh, services were held. So now, if you are laying a loved one to rest, it's graveside usually. The mourners have to stay within their vehicles, and they will receive an American flag, but the other honors are not being provided at this time. Through a car window? Again, it's a health and safety I issue know. both for the mourners. For, you know, I know. I'm not trying to it's put, a, I'm not putting baby in a corner. You know I love you. I but know, I know, I know. It's, it's a very difficult thing. And I know that the folks at Fort Logan feel it very um, deeply as well. It, nobody's happy about this decision, but it's what has to happen. So we are waiting to hear about when we will be able to resume services. We're looking forward to that. And hopefully it will be sooner rather than later. Um, and we will be probably busy. They will be allowing families to reschedule services mm-hmm. um, if they were not, um, you know, able to have them now but still did a burial. And I think probably a lot of families are holding off. If they've cremated their loved mm-hmm. one, that they're going to wait until they're able to have a proper service. And we will be there. Our late friend, Michelle Mallon. That was from last year, talking about how the Honor Bell program had to, in essence, because of the global pandemic, shut down. And I appreciate your grace when it comes to playing something. In fact, I think in almost five full seasons, we've never played back-to-back something. But Michelle was that special. And uh, I, I did, and I always want to be accurate. I did miss 
speak uh, earlier in the program. Uh, the the memorial for Michelle is actually in just a few days. It's midweek coming up. I misspoke and said it was coming up next weekend. But I'm telling you what, whether it's midweek or next weekend or next year, I will honor my friend because she did such a tremendous job, as I say, and she would agree with me, as lowly civilians. We do this show, and as a lowly civilian, Michelle Mallon brought so much dignity and respect to families of our deceased veterans. So God bless you, Michelle, and to Dean, your husband, and your entire family. We will miss you, and we will keep moving forward. Uh, Again, if you want to at least check out honorbell.org and one of our good friends of the program, Chris Boyer, who has shared his story, gone into his demons in the past. Chris Boyer, United States veteran, is now the executive director of the Honor Bell Foundation. It's a wonderful tribute and an honor to talk about that great organization. As we continue. And finally tonight. America Strong, as Women's History Month comes to a close, we celebrate the former World War II pilot who smashed gender barriers and took women's empowerment to new heights. Just barely peeking over the dashboard, Martha Cowan made quite the entrance to celebrate her big day. Her height is no indication of her stature. Well, look at you, fabulous. A newly minted centenarian, she spent a good portion of her life with her head in the clouds, meanwhile breaking down barriers back here on the ground. How does it feel to be 100? Well, it feels the same way as being less than 100. (laughs) She's a World War II veteran, one of the few female pilots to fly for the U.S. Army Air Corps during the war. Martha would go on to spend 13 years in the military, on one occasion even sharing a dinner with President Eisenhower. She later worked as an engineer, building ships, even flight training with future astronauts. We were with the people training to fly to the moon. (laughs) So I've been involved in a lot of stages. This week, on her birthday, Cowan received an American flag, along with a commendation for her role in making the sky the limit on what women of her era could accomplish. And thank you all. I appreciate it. And I love you all. 100 years old and still dancing. I've had a wonderful life and had a lot of wonderful experiences. That is just awesome. What a sweetheart. And thank you for your service. But by chance, over the last week or so, did you hear the story about the U.S. Marine? He stopped an attempted robbery at a convenience store in Arizona. Of course, it was captured on camera. And he basically, at gunpoint, decided, you know what? No, I'm not going to be a victim of crime. He said, quote, I turn around to go and leave, kind of walk out, and as I'm turning around, I hear the door kind of open real aggressively. At that point, the spidey senses tingled a bit. Well, there were three people, and two people thought that they could come in and rob it. And Well, the guy says, I saw two other guys with no other weapons, decided that's the guy I'm going to go for. The guy with the gun. Oh, and the Marine one. Semper Fi Marine. And finally, again, November 11th, Veterans Day straight ahead. Why not take advantage? Dunkin' Donuts Veterans on Veterans Day. You show your ID. Free donut of your choice. Fazoli's, Gordon Biersch, Grimaldi's, Hard Rock Cafe, Juice It Up, Logan's Roadhouse, Mountain Mike's Pizza, On the Border, 
Qdoba, Red Robin, Rock Bottom Brewery, Smoothie King, Taco John's, TGI Fridays. We'll continue that coming up next week. Hope you've enjoyed the program. Have a terrific Halloween. For producer Matt Steinkruger, I'm Stefan Tubbs. Have a terrific week ahead. And remember our troops. The American Veteran Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. Join us next week for another edition of The American Veteran Show. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.